So for, uh, for Advent 2019, we are going to learn about the names of Jesus that were prophesied and spoken about in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 to 7. Uh, you, you might know them. You might know them from the Messiah song, you know, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then for Christmas Eve, we'll look at this idea of Jesus being God with us, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. And each, each one of these titles talks about, you know, Jesus' character and, and his identity and his life and his ministry and what he came to this earth to do. Uh, so this morning we're going to look at the idea of Jesus being our wonderful counselor, our wonderful counselor, the one who helps us, you know, sort out our lives and the one that make sense of things, the one that we've been looking for and longing for. And one of the best places where you can see that in the New Testament is here in Matthew eleven twenty eight, And that, that song spoke of it so, so beautifully as well, so poetically. So let's, uh, let's read this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to, to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I've already laid out this, this idea that we are all looking for, you know, a counselor, someone to talk with, someone to help us make sense of the things that we go through in this life. Why, you know, why? Why do we need this wonderful counselor? The, the easy answer, the simple answer, but the correct answer is because of sin, because of the brokenness and the fallenness of life, and not just sort of this big idea of, oh yeah, the world's kind of messed up, but me, you, I've, I've made a mess of my life, and without Jesus, I'm hopeless. Without that wonderful counselor, um, we need someone to help us sort ourselves out. John Calvin said that nearly all wisdom we possess consists of two parts the knowledge of God and of ourselves. And we, you know, he said we should get to know ourselves because as we explore ourselves, the inner workings of our heart and our life, we realize how much we need a Savior. How much we need Jesus. We realize how great God's redemption really is and how much we've been rescued from. To speak specifically about, you know, the practice of Christian counseling, I have seen great healing take place. Uh, You know, as a recipient, as a pastoral counselor to others, as the spouse of someone who's a counselor, I've seen God do incredible things. I've seen people be delivered from addiction, you know, delivered from alcohol, drugs, pornography, um, all these other scourges on our society. I've seen people healed from abuse that they suffered in childhood or later in life. I've seen people forgive 
someone that they never thought they'd be able to forgive? To enter into someone's life and to walk alongside them and to see the Holy Spirit work, it's some of the most sacred work that we can do. And it's such an honor and a privilege to do that in a pastoral counseling role. But what I want to say is that all of that work is simply the work of Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the source. He is the wonderful counselor that often uses us as a friend, as a counselor, as a pastor to bring healing. And so Jesus is the one that's working in the counselor's office, in the pastor's study, in all these places. And sometimes... You know, Jesus does healing. He's the counselor. And sometimes he involves us. And it's this wonderful thing. But all of us have somebody that we can reach out to at any time, day or night. All of us have someone that can provide a listening ear. All of us have someone that actually speaks to us as well through his word through the Holy Spirit, through a feeling that we get or a sense or a nudge. All of us have a a counselor and they don't charge $100 an hour. Jesus is there for us to be our counselor, someone that we can reach out to and, and listen to. So let's just walk through this this text, these three verses, and see what God has to say to us. Jesus is, uh, to remind us a little bit of the context, Jesus is talking about who he is. And he's talking about how he's revealed his incredible truth, not to, you know, the professors and the educated and the privileged, but he's revealed himself to who? To little children to little children with the simplicity to trust in their father and to listen to him. And then after that, he gives this beautiful, amazing invitation. Come, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Weary and burdened. I mean, what does that that mean? Haven't, Haven't all of us felt that way at one time or another? I mean, if we're not feeling that way right now, if we're not feeling weary and burdened, we've all felt it. If you haven't felt it, you haven't lived long enough yet, you will feel it. Paul Simon, this wonderful songwriter, I kind of consider him the better half of Simon and Garfunkel, he captured this, this feeling that we have as a culture. You know, when we're feeling beat up, when we're feeling tired... One of, the, one of the greatest songs written in the 20th century. People are going to be singing it until Jesus comes back, which Advent tells us could be any day, really. But bridge over troubled water. What are the first few lines? When you're weary, when you're weary, feeling small. When tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side when times get rough. And friends just can't be found. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. If you haven't heard Aretha Franklin sing that, watch out. 
You got to hear that. Because she makes it a gospel song. And that's really what it is. It's an awesome song, but think about if Jesus was saying those words to us. If Jesus was saying, I'm going to be the one that's there to dry all your tears. Wait, isn't that what he says in Revelation? What about if Jesus is the one who, when all of our friends abandon us, when everybody turns against us, when we feel like we're totally on our own, that Jesus is the friend? Because we call him a friend of sinners. When you're weary, when you're weary, we all feel that. Eugene Peterson translates these verses this way. Are you tired, worn out, Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Keep company with Jesus. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We live in these, we live in these weary times. We live in these heavy times. But Jesus came to speak to us in a language that we can understand. He said, I'm the wonderful counselor. He said, come to me. This is where you can actually get rest. There's a, weir- there's a weariness in our culture because emotionally we don't have a lot of safe spaces. Places we can go where we can really rest. Not just rest from work, but emotionally. To relax, to recharge, to be renewed by God. Because so many, of, so many people around us don't understand what that would even look like to rest in Jesus and to recognize that He is rest. We're weary. We're weary, but we're also burdened. And I think that's different. I think that's different than being weary because burden has this picture of carrying things around carrying things around, and we carry around the stuff of our life. We carry around our regrets and the things that we feel ashamed for and the mistakes we made. We carry on our responsibilities, but we also sometimes carry around the burdens of others. And we, so we feel burdened from that. People that we care deeply about. My, we have things that weigh heavily on us. Think, I mean, these are just things that we share, you know, on a Sunday night prayer time. You know, pray for my son. He's been, he's been drinking way too much. Pray for my sister who doesn't seem to care about God or church anymore. Pray for my mom who hasn't been healthy in, in a decade. Pray for my brother who just is a recluse and doesn't have any friends. Pray for my dad who has major anger problems. Pray for my uncle who's homeless. I mean, we carry around all these things and they're burdens. They weigh us down. 
So the question becomes, you know, how do we care about those issues? How do we care about the people in our lives but not take on more than we can handle? How do we not take on what isn't ours to carry? That's why we need this wonderful counselor. That's why we need Jesus to speak into our lives. That's why Jesus came and was God. <laughs> he can handle all the issues of the world at the same time. Only he can, he can solve them in his timing and in his way. And we, we will never get the rest that Jesus promises if we're trying to be Jesus. If we're trying to be Jesus to everyone we meet. What we can do is we can let God be God and walk alongside people and point them to the wonderful counselor and pray for them. But we're not going to solve all of their problems. We live in this weary culture. We live in this burdened culture. And yet Jesus promises us rest. Rest in him. So how do we do that? How do we do that? We yoke ourselves to Jesus. What does that mean? Did anybody yoke a couple of oxen this week? None of us, uh, you know, none of us do that. We're, we, we've, many of us have maybe forgotten what that's like. Um, I've got a picture, if we could put that up. Maybe younger people don't even know what it's like to, to, uh, to be yoked. But there it is. That yoke is the thing between uh, the, the cows there. Cows? Are the cows, oxen? I don't know what they are. You can, you can yoke a lot of things, okay? You can yoke a cow, you can yoke an ox. They're attached. They're attached together. And it's attaching yourself to Jesus. Just like that. You're right next to each other. You're, you're plowing the field together. You're walking through life together. You're dependent on him. So this, this picture, is, is this what your life looks like? Is this what your life with Jesus looks like? Are you yoked to him? Are you attached to him like that? Because, my friends, if you're, if you're not, don't be surprised that you're burning out on life. That's not how God created you to live. He created you to live in relationship to Jesus, yoked to him. Otherwise, we're going to burn out on religion, like Eugene Peterson says. We can't go through our lives, you know, just sort of praying when we're in a crisis, or reading our Bible when we're desperate, or coming to church when it's convenient. The picture is to be yoked to Jesus, attached to him. In that sort of that old school sort of I need thee every hour, that wonderful hymn, that sort of a way where you wake up with Jesus and you remember, I'm attached to him. What does he want me to do today? You talk to him throughout the day because he's your wonderful counselor and he doesn't charge $100 an hour and you can talk to him and he's got the answers to all of your, of your issues and all of your problems. He's got the solutions to all of them and you end your day with him. Because you've yoked yourself to Jesus. And his grace is just flowing into your life all the time. You, you, you didn't know how you were going to get through that. 
And yet, because you were yoked to Jesus, because you came to Him and attached yourself to Him, He walked with you through it. He gave you something that you never would have seen otherwise. To be, to be yoked was a common expression in Jesus' day. Uh, rabbis would you know, take on these young students and they would mentor them, they would teach them, they would walk, walk alongside them. And not just in a classroom setting, but in life. So they would spend tons and tons of time together. And that's the metaphor, the picture that Jesus is giving us. So his original hearers would have understand, okay, he's like these other rabbis, and yet, in all the ways that are really important, he's, he's very different. <laughs> he's very different. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. That, I want to pursue being yoked to Jesus knowing that that's my identity. Not this, not this sort of nominalism or some other picture of what life with Jesus is like. There's uh, this company called Barna, and they're always doing research on religion. And they came out with some new research on following Jesus today. And this probably doesn't come as news to you, but the church is shrinking Um, By God's grace, this church is not shrinking, but the American church is shrinking. And as they dug into some of the research and they, they asked all the questions, what they're seeing is really interesting because it's been, it's become harder and harder and more, well, I should say it's just, it's become more countercultural to say, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And so nominal people, Uh, The kind of people who pray in an emergency and that's it, who read their Bible in an emergency and that's it, the kind of people who come to church on Easter and Christmas, they're not calling themselves Christians anymore. And yet, there's been this rise, kind of in response to that, and in response to huge cultural changes, there's this rise, especially amongst younger people, millennials, people younger than me, And Barna calls them resilient disciples. Resilient disciples. And reading about this puts a charge in my step and gets me excited. Here is what what they say. A resilient disciple is a beautiful picture of someone who has wrestled with and come to a place of confidence in what they believe. So basically for their whole life, for 30 or 35 years, people have told them, oh, it's... it's, uh, it's backwards to follow Jesus. It's oppressive to follow Jesus. Um, you know, you guys just, you hate everybody and you do all these things. No. They've looked at it themselves. Maybe they were raised in the church. Wait, maybe they're not. But they've taken a look at it themselves. They've considered what it means to be yoked to Jesus. And they've developed something that's meaningful to them. They've come to a place of confidence in what they believe. And people can say all kinds of things, but they know what they believe. They know that Jesus is king. Resilient disciples mean they have mentors and people to process questions with. So people have come alongside them and help them walk through all these questions. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus when this happens, when that happens? X, Y, and Z. They have a sense of purpose in their life, and they're empowered to pursue that purpose. And they feel connected to God in every aspect of their life, and don't 
compartmentalize their faith. So they have this holistic faith in Jesus. And that, to me, sounds like being yoked to Jesus. So even in the midst of all these changes in our life, even in all this political dissension, and even in the, the rise of all kinds of movements, God is bringing up a generation of resilient disciples. People that are yoked to Jesus, who are connected to God. And that's what it's about. That's where we find our rest when we live that kind of life. A firm faith that's built on the rock of Jesus. Finally, Jesus says that when you come to me, you find rest. And not just rest like you had a good night of sleep, but rest for your souls. Rest in the most important way, in the way that we're really all looking for. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's why Eugene Peterson Peterson says the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what it's about. Because like I said earlier, Jesus in some ways, Jesus is like other counselors or other coaches or other rabbis. You know, in that you have to attach yourself to him. You have to yoke yourself to him. But in every other way, in all the ways that really count, he's different. Because I've had counselors and coaches, you know, athletic coaches that ran me, you know, ran me till I was exhausted and I, and I fell uh, apart. They, um, you know, they g- give you tons of things to work on, workbooks and exercises. And... I never encountered a wonderful counselor like Jesus. I've never seen anything else like Jesus. Because there's no one as gentle or as humble as Jesus. We beat ourselves up when we get into these pickles. We, we think, man, I've, I've got myself into a situation. I'm in trouble. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to white-knuckle it. I'm going to take the bull by the horns. I'm going to really do it this time. And Jesus is so different because Jesus says, rest. 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 Even in a crazy, busy holiday season, Jesus says, rest. Take time out and be with me. Have you heard that one yet? Have you heard all the alarm bells singing? Oh no! It's shorter this year! Thanksgiving was too late! You've got to get all your shopping done in fewer days. Oh my gosh. we got to get to the store. Alert, alert, alert. I don't care how many days there are. There's still plenty of time to get your heart ready for the birth of Christ in 24 days. Jesus says in the midst of all that and all the voices competing for our attention and all the things coming at us, how are you going to find rest for your souls? By going to the wonderful counselor. By trusting in what he's done for us. Why, why do we feel busy and overwhelmed? Why, do we, why are we not living this life of freedom and lightness? Because we don't believe the gospel. 
We don't believe that what Jesus did is actually true. Or it hasn't captured our heart and our desires and our imagination. It doesn't impact us on this gut level. The most wonderful news of all, that great good news, the gospel news is that Jesus has come to earth, yes, at Christmas, but we also need to celebrate Good Friday and Easter every day. Jesus has come to this earth and he's given up his life. He's laid down his life. Jesus died on the cross for me. Even in my confusion, even when I mess up my life, even on my worst days, Jesus died for me. In my rebellion, Jesus died for me. In my unrighteous anger, Jesus died for me. In my desire to throw off the yoke and live for myself, Jesus died for me. And he died for you as well. You were worth it. Augustine said that if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have died for you. Because he thinks you're worth it. That can capture our heart. That can capture our desires. That can capture our imagination. Jesus isn't just the wonderful counselor. He is the Savior. The Savior of our souls. And we can rest in that today. We don't have to keep striving and keep working. Whether that's trying to earn our salvation by doing a lot of good things in the church, or whether that's exploring all these different spiritualities and all these different thoughts and trying to find meaning in ourselves, we can stop and we can rest because Jesus has already done it. He's earned salvation for you and for me. So take up. Take up the light and easy yoke of Jesus and find your rest. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us so much that we can rest. That we don't need to solve all of our own problems but we have you as our counselor and our Lord and our Savior and our King. God, may we look to you and walk with you and be yoked to you because you take off the burdens. You cure our weary souls. Lord, may we come to you because you've already come to us in Jesus Christ. You've already chosen us to believe to walk with you, to know you. May we look to the Holy Spirit's strength. May we rest in you this week and always until we find our final rest in your arms, the lover of our souls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.